0: Hey there, welcome to the Compared to Who show. I'm Heather Creekmore, and I'm really glad you're listening today. Today, I have a special guest, and we are continuing my series. You know, I never really came up with a good name for this series, but I'm talking to a bunch of non-diet dietitians, registered dietitians, because I feel like you, my people, you know a lot about food. And the last person in the world that you would ever think to call is a dietitian because you know about food. But today I want to give you another opportunity to hear from someone who actually has a degree in this stuff (laughs) and knows what she's talking about, but takes an approach that I think you are going to find so super helpful. So my guest today is Amy Carlson. Let me tell you just a little bit about Amy. She is an RD. She's a registered dietitian. She has an awesome practice in Houston, Texas. Amy's been serving the eating disorder population for a couple decades now. She knows her stuff. She's the mom of four beautiful children. She's been married for 20 years and she spends time speaking to women, encouraging women. And she has a cool app that she helped create called Peace With Food. And we're going to talk about that too. So Amy Carlson, welcome to the Compared to Who show. Thank
1: you. I'm so happy. I'm so happy to be here. I, um, we, Heather and I can, can match each other's vibe really well.
0: <laughs> There's going to be a lot of energy today. Yeah. Okay. So Amy, before we get into the good stuff, and let me tell the listeners and the viewers what the good stuff's going to be, because here's where I told Amy we're going today. I want us to answer the question. How do I lose weight without doing all the diety things and thinking about food my entire life? So that's the question we are going to answer today. So don't go anywhere, as you used to say in the old television commercials, <laughs> right? But Amy, first, give us a little background. Tell us more about who you are and why do you do this? What, what is your passion? Where does your passion for this come from?
1: Sure. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. You know what is weird when you just give that introduction? I realized I've been married for 27 years. Isn't that weird?
0: That's awesome. Congratulations. (laughs) I say
1: 20, and then I'm like, I think we just celebrated our 27th. That's really weird. Um, Well, I'm going to give you the abbreviated version of my story, but I grew up on a farm in Minnesota, the youngest of five. I was a gymnast. I had a mom who dieted. I grew up in the church, Um, my dad was church choir director, he was a school teacher, and my mom struggled with her weight on and off dieting her whole life. So I was a pretty average kid, size, eating everything, and um, went through puberty, and I, I had a gymnastic coach that told me, hey, if you could lose five pounds, your timing on the uneven bars would be that much better, which we can all as women giggle and laugh and go, that's cuckoo. But she did, and she really affirmed to me what I already believed about myself, which was that I was too much and not enough, and that I, in my mind, um, that registered to me that I needed to lose 100 pounds. So I went in the locker room, and I bawled my eyes out, and I said, I'll never, ever be told that again. Mm-hmm. And subsequently, my eating disorder began. And, and that many years ago, I really didn't have a, a real context for eating disorders mm-hmm. And so my struggle began. Um, I really down the road of anorexia, which eventually down the road led to bulimia, down the road led to binge eating and then orthorexia. So I really had the whole gamut. There Mm. wasn't even language for all of that back then. But what I knew is that my mom had dieted and that That's how I knew how to manipulate and control my body. And I knew she had done that in the context of the church and even with some spiritual shade on it. And so I felt it was my job to do that and control and manipulate my body. Fast forward years of recovery. God is so gracious and loving and kind and led me through really kind of a windy road of recovery. I didn't plan on being a dietitian. I became a dietitian. I got my master's in nutrition. And then I really didn't plan on working with eating disorders and I was in corporate wellness. And anyway, as the Lord would have it, I sat across from a young woman who had an eating disorder and I went, yeah, okay. Yeah. And then as a dietitian, I was presented I worked in the med med center in Houston and I did high risk OB and diabetes. And what I could tell from early practice was that women's struggle was the same. It was same, um, how they viewed their body, um, that it was dysfunctional or not enough. No matter what they had come to me for, their doctor had referred them to me, the struggle was the same. The struggle was I'm not enough. I need to diet. I need to change. And I was just wow. And so the Lord, through a lot of series of things, um, let me be in private practice, which was a miracle. And I got to work with girls and women of all ages. Initially, I worked with men and boys too. And then when I went and practiced in my home, I went just to girls and women. And really then got to do some speaking starting many, many years ago in my own church and then all over the country and other churches and places and conferences. And it's just been a cool, cool experience to watch the Lord move and do these things that only he can do.
0: That's awesome. I love that. Okay. You said, and I was trying to remember exactly how you said it, but you said your mom did her dieting in the context of the church. And I think, I think I'd use like the cool lingo, like that threw some shade on it or something like Those my kids say something say. like that. Yeah. But let's, let's go there for a second. Okay. Spell that out for me. Like, oh, what, what I, is that? What does that look like? I think I know what that looks like, but, but what does that look like?
1: I think you do know what it looks like. So here's, I, I actually grabbed a few books before we got on because I thought this is so important for women to hear. I, I say in, in a talk I give inside the app that, you know, we've been doing this for decades and we're just doing it with upgraded illustrations. Mm-hmm. I recently helped t- for two summers, help my mom clean out the farm. My dad had passed away and just really cleaning out the stuff. And I came across some fascinating books. Uh-huh. Um, and <laughs> for example, Devotions for Dieters.
0: Ooh. Devotions for <laughs>
1: So you can imagine, right. Free to be thin. Yep.
0: I, I think uh, we had that one at my house. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Your head,
0: uh. Uh,
1: the thin book by a formerly fat psychiatrist. I mean, it hurts me just to say these titles. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm so sorry. So what I read and came across, uh, was that really, and I, I saw it happen and it's still happening because I have precious, women come into my office with books, with Christian authors that, that are really, if you love God, you're thin, mm-hmm. if you have self-control yeah. and kind of mm-hmm. Holy spirit. You're thin. Yeah. If you honor God with your life and you are living a surrendered life, you're thin. Right. Whoa. What? Right. Ah! Yeah. That's the shade I'm talking about. So yeah. I watched my mom be in women's ladies groups where they were praying for each other to be really good at their diets. And, and so in my mind, I thought that is exactly what we had to do. We had to offer our bodies a living sacrifice. Can you imagine how janked up that gets Oh Jesus, mm-hmm. forgive us. right? Of I'm going to offer my body. And if I can't get to, and here's the reality, there's 150,000 different diets. So whatever decade it was, that was the one we were supposed to do and honor with our body,
0: What? Right. Right, oh. right. So, so spelling that out, I think you and I are the same age spelling wow. that out. Like in the early nineties, honoring God with your body meant only eating white bagels, <laughs> right? Because they were fat free. Right. <laughs> I mean, like, think about how silly that is.
1: <laughs> I used to be pride myself that I would go and have a bagel and I'd be like, Oh, Oh, I'm really rocking it on the no fat, low fat. Yep. I, I, and now it's, what's so fascinating is these precious girls with eating disorders are like not terrified of an avocado and they're terrified of a bagel. And I'm like, man, that's not, not, not was not happening for me. In the middle of my right.
0: Bagel with turkey, <laughs> no cheese, and then fat free, um, frozen yogurt. And I grew up on the East coast. So it was Turkey Hill, mint, chocolate chip, frozen yogurt. Fat-free and I could eat a whole half gallon in maybe 48 hours if I was going slow, <laughs> but it was fat-free, right?
1: Think about it. That's the thing. When I tell these girls that, um, we ate fat-free like chips, mm-hmm. or, which what is that? Is this an oxymoron Their Their eyes go buggy. And, and this is the craziness of it. When we put it in context, we start to go, wow, this is so messed up this is so messed up. I had in my, one of my rotations, um, studying to be a dietitian. I got to be in downtown Houston, scary. Actually it was scary part of Houston, um, at a community center, because community center, and the dietitian that I shadowed was like eighty. She was scary. She was a believer. She was a hardcore man. She did not mess around with these women. They, they She just. She just loved them so well. But I was so scared, and I had my little lab coat, and I'd follow her into every room, and I just was like, oh. And on the one of the last, we'd sit and eat our lunch together, basically in silence. I was just like, eekies. So, one of the last day, she said, "Ask me anything." Ask me anything. We should kind of said it more mean like that, but ask me anything you want to know. <laughs> and I said, well, I'm pretty sure you're in like the first graduating class of dietitians since you're like 80. And I said, what's the holy grail of like weight loss? Like what's the, you've been around for so long, bless your heart. What's like the holy grail of eating? Like, what have you found to be? And she just looked at me like, oh baby, oh baby. She said, <laughs> everything that comes around has been around. Mm-hmm. There is no new diet. Mm-hmm. There is no new diet. And she said moderation and how God created our bodies. Um, yeah, that's the Holy grail. I mean, I like, I'm like taking it, like, like, okay, uh-huh. whatever you're saying is true. And I've been <laughs> in practice for 24 years and I would say, yes, I would. Yes. Yeah.
0: Tired of comparing yourself to others? It's time to break free, my friend. Check out compare to Who. Me online and you'll find a ton of great resources, blog posts, videos, and so much more to help you stop comparing and start living. And make sure you sign up for my exclusive email list while you're there. I send my email friends things I don't send anyone else. You can also find out more about my brand new book, The Burden of Better, How a Comparison-Free Life Leads to Joy, peace and rest if you're tired of battling comparison friend i wrote this book just for you check it out right after this episode of course If you are over the age of, I'm going to just generally say 45, you called keto South beach (laughs) at some point, right? But keto, I don't know. Keto sounds healthier because it's kind of a medical term, (laughs) but, and, and, and listen, and please, if you're watching or listening today, like Amy and I are not mocking these diets. We are, we are just trying to be real about the truth that diets won't save us. Yeah. And, and, and be real about the truth because I think, you know, when I used to speak a lot, COVID's kind of shut down my speaking schedule, but when I used to speak a lot, my, my big thing was always, what is the definition of insanity? You know, it's doing the same thing over and again, expecting different results. And friends, if you are like me, like my story and, you know, Amy, with your story, the, you know, getting into some of the more severe ED, I know my listeners and viewers have been there too, but I had tried every diet, like every single one of them and always got this, like the next diet, you know, you get this optimism, right? This this okay. Monday, I'm going to start this new thing. And maybe Saturday you go and you buy all the food for the new thing. I mean, we were vegan in my house. I think we made it through dinner but Saturday I had bought like all of these really weird things. Oh. And then I had this cookbook and I made the recipe for breakfast and for lunch and yeah. for dinner. And my husband sat across from me cause he was going to do it too. Cause you know, he's, he's, he's so a supportive nice. guy. So he's like, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll all do this. This makes sense. Nice. And he looked at me and he was like, this is horrible. I can't make the children eat this. <laughs> Let's order it. Of being vegan. But I mean, I, I share that in that, like, we try all the things. And so the truth that we're getting at when we talk about like this diet or that diet and how they've gone around and around yeah. is they're really it's it's like Ecclesiastes says there's nothing there's nothing new under the sun and if we think that this is the solution to what we're struggling with is the next diet the next fad diet because guess what this is 2021 and by 2022 2023 2023, every year there will be something new and five years from now if you're watching this and it's 2026 and YouTube's still around and all the things you're going to be like "Ooh, why are they talking about keto that was like so (laughs) 2021 no one does that anymore. Right. Like, and there will be something new. I mean, you've wow. been doing this long enough. I, when I first started speaking, everyone was paleo, yeah. like that wow. was the thing. Right. And so paleo kind of faded out a bit and, you know, and as I was saying it, I remember thinking, well, I really hope this is true. I hope there will be something new after this. I hope we haven't arrived. And there always is.
1: Always is always is. And you know what? I, I want to echo what you said, Heather of, I want to hug every listener. I always want, I always say, I want to do hammock therapy where I just let them be in the hammock in my backyard, just have soft music and go. There is no way there is no ridicule for the diets that you've done. If Heather and I had not participated and done and done all that, we wouldn't even be able to speak on this. This is the tenderness that goes. It is so exhausting. It's so exhausting. And when I had come out of my bulimia and, and so I, my brain was like, the orthorexia went then to, I'm going to eat perfectly. And again, perfectly was relative. It was relative, right? It was like, is that vegetarian? Is that um, the zone that was Mm -hmm. back, Mm -hmm. and so, right. I mean, it was like, I'm going to eat because one, I'm a dietitian now. So, whoa, I better, I'm studying to be a dietitian. I better kind of walk that out and everyone kind of looked at, you know, and I'm like, wow, I love fried chicken. Sorry guys. I just, I just really love a good piece of fried chicken. Um, what we can do is that we can get feel shame and there's no shame in that. In fact, that's what we're actually trying to expose is to go, man, we're in this together. Like we're in this together and we have to encourage one another or we'll keep looping. We'll keep. Looping. And for some of you, just as a dietitian, I know your doctor has said, Hey, I want you to be vegan, or which is hard. That's a hard lifestyle. I mean, that's that's intense. What I have found truly, some people enjoy a vegan lifestyle, but a lot of people, it's masking for, mm-hmm. for eating disorder behavior and things. Mm-hmm. I certainly find that with teenagers. Not mm-hmm. as much adults have kind of walked out mm-hmm. like that. Um, certainly for teenagers who've watched a documentary prematurely, mm-hmm. um, so they throw in a documentary and these poor kids have no, they have no autonomy. The only thing they know how to say, go to their parents and say, I guess I don't want to eat meat because I feel bad about the meat industry. And it's like, oh, too soon people, too, too soon <laughs> introduction. Yeah. Of- so there's so much compassion. And actually what we're doing is we're calling out freedom. We're yeah. calling oh, there's something better. There's something better. Won't we want better? Won't we want better? so I just, I I echo uh, these Heather's words of there's no mocking. And certainly the enemy always comes up with shame. And what we're saying is we're going to just call out that shame and go, no, we're in this together.
0: Right. Because if you think about it, and I talk to women about this all the time in my coaching, so many of us have collected these rules over decades Decades. and over the changes in the trends. Right. So like some of us who learned, like we talked about in the late eighties and nineties, that fat was bad, you know, then went on to learn that carbs are bad. And so it's hard even though maybe we're hearing, okay, it's okay to eat fat. It's, wow. it's still in the back of the head. Like, oh, wait a second. Mm, maybe I shouldn't have too much fat either. So I'm not having fat and I'm not having carbs and oh, well, fruits are carbs. Okay. Get rid of fruit. The fruit's bad, you know, and, and the rules they don't, we don't like necessarily like get over the rules and push them aside and move on to the new rules. We just keep adding rules. And now because of IF, I can only eat between the hours of 12 and six, and I can only eat what is there left for me to eat? I guess I can eat an avocado, although I'm a little worried about the fat content, you know, Uh, but but there's nothing like it, and it becomes this big monstrous burden just thinking about how to eat is overwhelming it because because we've collected all these rules and then and this is where I want us to go today there's so many places we could go and we might go to some other places too but I don't want to miss the main place so we've collected all these rules and we desperately want to be free right we just want to have what I remember thinking like, what is a normal relationship with food? Do I know anyone that has a normal relationship with food? Like, what would that even be like to not think about food all the time, right? Like that's what we desire. And then dun, 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 we go to the doctor and we get on the scale and the doctor says, you're going to need to lose that. 20, 30, 40, 50, whatever amount, you're gonna to need to lose that weight or you're staring diabetes in the face or maybe you already have diabetes and you need to get it off. So the diabetes, so type two can go in some sort of remission, right? Like, no, you have gotta get the weight off. And then we go home and it's like, what do you do? Amy, what do you do? How, what's the right answer, right? Intuitive eating, like, won't I just eat all the things <laughs> if I do that, right? Like, so talk to us. What do Uh, we do? And and talk specifically, let's start by addressing specifically because I don't want to miss this woman. I know she's listening. uh, Talk specifically to the woman who has come home from the doctors with that mission. I have to lose weight. What, where do I start? First, I'm going to put her in my hammock and then (laughs) 30 minutes of hammock therapy. I love it.
1: What happens is we get so stressed. I know you've talked about this in your podcast, that autonomic nervous system. And we then go back to what is familiar to us, which is control. Control is never the answer. Mm -hmm. So let me just go a few different angles on this because I I do, I want to, I, one of the things that we can do, I can get in the weeds in terms of just, which is never the weeds of just what, how good God is. Then people go like, I want to hear that and tell me exactly what to do as a dietitian. So <laughs> I want to be specific on that. And then I do want to say how good God is. One of the things I want you to know, again, 24 years of practice that doctors have one note card when it comes to weight and disease, one note card, and they pull it out and they say, you need to exercise more and um eat less let's say fried food or lower fat or whatever it is beautiful lovely girl go to the doctor she exercises and eats well and is is intuitive eating and her cholesterol numbers were a little bit up well that's Mm -hmm. primarily hereditary she's young She has all this and without asking any questions the doctor and she has a history of eating disorder Mm -hmm. and without any information about her he said you need to exercise more Okay, a trigger. She already exercises and she's working really hard on moderation with that because of her history of eating disorder. And um, you need to eat less fried foods, of which she eats none. That's all he said. So, why I'm saying this, another one came in with a history of eating disorder. Um, he said this whole long, long, long story about. Her kind of, you know, addressing her weight, et cetera. And she said, I guess you didn't see um, in my chart about my eating disorder or, and he said, Oh no, what do you binge on? That was his rest- mm-hmm. of which she not binge, she was a restrictor. So it was so wounding to her. So for everyone who's ever experienced something like that in the doctor, I just want to encourage you that, that, that you're not crazy. That you're, and there are wonderful doctors. There's there absolutely doctors that are the exception, that are so tender and listening. Um, I have another client who's just a tremendous doctor who has said, give me your dietitian's number. I want to hear what she has to say. I mean, so, so there's totally the exception. I want to say that because um, as a general rule, the women that I work with are scared of going to the doctor, have a lot of anxiety around it. The other thing I want to say specifically is that you always have the right to say I want to be blind weighed mm-hmm. and also I don't need to be weighed today. Mm-hmm. For the most part, unless they're calculating medication that requires them to know what your weight is, they generally but what they want it for is insurance. And so um you can give a general number. You can mm-hmm. just say I don't, think I'm, I don't want to be weighed today and and I want to empower people with that information because, and I, I, every doctor I go to, I don't wait so that I can train them on that of saying, let me tell you what it's like to walk into your office. Mm. And, um, how many women are to, are sick and will not come to the doctor because they're so yeah. afraid.
0: Yeah.
1: I say that just to, just for you listeners to go, Oh yeah. Oh, that's so, even if I'm there for diabetes, I don't have to get on the scale. Right. I
0: mean,
1: they right. I, we can look at each other and go, do you think I need to lose weight for diabetes? Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay, I didn't know that. That's not rocket science. I don't have to get on the scale. So mm-hmm. okay. information done. And right. what that takes that anxiety way down. Yeah. The other thing is the doctor is not the expert of your nutrition and your body and your weight history. You are you know mm-hmm. most doctors actually, unless they're really paying attention and, and are sitting with you and listening, um, they don't have that information. So it may be true that losing weight, um, again, lot this would take like two more podcasts to talk about, but it may be true that, um, that, that losing weight may affect your blood pressure or um, your diabetes. And I could go into the science of why that's true, but I'm going to tell you something that's so liberating. Most all disease processes are mostly affected by uh, moderation in eating. They're most positively affected in moderation in your eating. And for the most part, eating a wide variety of foods throughout the day, listening to your hunger and fullness and um, eating generally whole foods, meaning less processed, more whole foods. I'm not talking whole foods, but whole foods, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which can be expensive, um, <laughs> on real, right, ho- ho- relatively whole foods um, in moderation according to your hunger and fullness is the best thing you can do for most disease processes. That's the truth. And it, and it's the baseline. It's like, you can go through a whole book on one disease and then it all comes out in like basically moderation. And you can go through a whole book on another disease and it comes out, but basically, you know, relatively, you know, less fast food. More, that's, that's true across the board. Mm-hmm. And so The things that you need to know about nutrition, you probably already do know. Mm -hmm. You probably already know them. You actually know that eating a wide variety of foods and your fruits and vegetables and whole grains and lean protein, that doesn't change. That's like true 20 years ago, 50 years ago, 80 years ago. It's just kind of how our bodies are made. But what we tend to do is we go to one extreme and then we tax our body with this demanding weight loss. We're demanding something from our body. Uh, we go into the feast and famine cycle. We may lose some weight. And then what we usually do is lose muscle. And then we replace that when we um, kind of give up. And then that comes back. And it's all this cycle. That's harder on any disease than anything. Yeah. That's, that, that cycle. For some of your listeners, a, they have never known not being on a diet
0: right?
1: or adult life. They have never known that. And so if a doctor says you need to, and you know what really actually makes me want to have hives and like, is this so many doctors use the language of just go on keto, just go on um, because it's, it's, it's something simple in their mind that they give somebody that's it. Like, I don't. And the thing is, somebody will experience initial weight loss and then the doctor appears to be right. And then the person seems to have failed because they couldn't keep the weight loss diet, et cetera, going. Where the doctor's like, well, see, well, well, you need to lose weight. It's a really weird, vicious cycle. And let me encourage you. The reality is you, your body, you are the expert of your own body. You, you, so for example, um, when I eat corn, I grew up on a farm, right? Who doesn't eat corn? Mm-hmm. Um, when I eat corn, corn chips or corn and stuff, I get a bellyache. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's worth it to me. And sometimes <laughs> it's
0: not. <laughs> you do live in Texas, I know. Amy. I mean, it's it's pretty much, I know you can't eat chips and salsa, <laughs> you can't I eat out. <laughs> I, can,
1: I can make that happen. There's some brands that it's better than, how to eat chips and guac. How could I not eat chips and guac? We just love so right. I, but I'm the expert of my own body, so there's not a rule that says I can't eat corn. I intuitively am listening to the fact that I tend to get a belly ache, and I can tell when it, if whatever that thing is, I can be like, oh yeah. If I eat apples on an empty stomach, I'm gonna get a tummy ache. Mm-hmm. But if I eat apples with peanut butter with a meal, I'm not gonna get a belly ache. So those aren't rules; those are observations. And so we're observing about our body. What is it that my body's telling me here? And so, for example, somebody with type two diabetes is going to be an expert in their body. They're going to listen. They're going to check their blood sugar. They're going to see, wow, my blood sugar does great when I do this. And then, um, oh, that's interesting. That's an interesting observation without judgment is that when I eat this, which I thought was okay, my blood sugar tends to spike. I've noticed a pattern we're looking for patterns we're looking for, and we're doing that, not clinging to this external agenda and outcome, which is somebody else's version of what we should weigh, right? Oh, wait, let's say that again, glory to God, glory to God. Can you imagine that sweet gymnastic coach telling me that my timing on the bars would be better if I lost five pounds? Oh, Mm -hmm. she's on my hips. Mm -hmm. So this woman's observation of my body Mm -hmm. And what I believe to be true triggered a a cascade of events. Well, we get to go, wait, oh, that's interesting. So that's interesting. The doctor told me that. Now let me take that home and go, what's true about that? Mm -hmm. What's true? Well, I do let's say have type two diabetes and what medications are working for me. And, um, I found that walking is enjoyable. I'm going to get into that and that feels good. And I like to listen to podcasts and right. Okay. Lord, what do I have? Okay. That's a whole different, um, feeling and observation, observing and making some of those corrections than going, I have to lose weight. I have to lose weight right. or this disease is going to take up. No, mm-mm, it's right. okay. It's going to be okay. Yeah. It's be okay.
0: Hey friend, I hope you are enjoying this interview with Amy Carlson. She is so much fun and has so much wisdom to share. In fact, we couldn't fit it all into one episode. So I'm gonna leave you hanging there for today and I hope you'll come back Tuesday and we will air the rest of my great conversation with Amy. We go to some interesting places talking still about what do you do If you really want to or feel like you need to lose weight, is it possible to have peace with food, to have a normal? relationship with food. I think that's what most of us desire. And that's what we'll talk about in the second part of this episode, which will come out on Tuesday. For now, hey, check out the Peace with Food app this weekend if you want to. I think they have a free trial. You can learn more about it at HelloPeaceWithFood.com. It'll tell you all about it. I've been using it for a little while now. I really like it. Uh, There's lots of great resources on there. So check that out and come back Tuesday for the second part of this interview. I hope something in today's episode has helped you stop comparing and start living. Bye-bye. Your time is valuable, so skip straight to the good stuff. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for letting me be a part of your body, image, and food freedom journey. The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate his acts and teachings. Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ.